0: This is going to be dangerous, fellas, Ghostbusters. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: I will say that I restrained restrained myself from... uh, I did not. Did you say just strain? That's what I heard. I restrained myself (laughs) from some peck jokes.
0: I I did not. (laughs) I did not. I did not not restrain anything. Of course you didn't. I am unrestrained because see here's what the last couple of times I haven't been as funny as I need to be and uh and listen i'm I brought it tonight I'm gonna tell you it's 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 brought i I, I ran it over with the uh, girls and uh they were they were enjoying the jokes right well, now this
1: in front of me I have five pages of I do writing. Too.
0: Wow. awesome and
1: I do. three possible titles
0: Wow. Oh, this is—I can see this is uh, elevated here. This is going to be interesting,
1: Michael. Do you have anything in front of you?
0: Um, A computer. Oh, wow. I, I think fear. I think fear <laughs> is in front of him right now.
2: Uh, I think our. I think we have our cold open. Let's go ahead and start the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
3: All right, let's do this. We're going to start in five, four, three. Wait,
2: do we go on three?
0: No. It's three and then go. Five, four. Why
2: would we go three, three and then go? It's always faster to go on three. That's in five,
3: three. Four,
2: three.
3: Good evening and welcome to Once Upon three? a Recast. Was that three you're Terrible <laughs> you're a terrible person, Michael Circle. <laughs>
2: oh, <that> is... <laughs> Shoot. I thought I had it. Sorry. Just just
3: for that, he's lost ten points
2: already. <laughs>
1: That's because oh. he is a mere
3: ant. <laughs> <laughs> if he brings I'm up might the mere ant I'm gonna get his ten points back. <laughs> oh well I'll
2: bring it in, don't you worry. My my story is but a mere ant to these other two already. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. One more time. I'm not counting this time.
2: I'm just going to go. Yeah, that we're already in the show. It doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> All right. Good evening and welcome to Once Upon a Recast, an MSVS production. I'm Chris Roberts, and I'll be your host for this evening's festivities, mostly because I won the last round of fun and games that we played. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts and this episode's contenders. And may I just say that I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a tried and true trio of gentlemen who need no introduction, but I shall introduce them to you nonetheless, because I spent a little time putting this intro together. I first met our first contestant atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God Asking his forgiveness for the charlatan blood spilt by his Bible, the sword of God I'm talking about. The enforcer of God's word, the one, the only young Jeremy
2: Young. Yeah, that's me. It is. (laughs) It's our applause here, so that doesn't sound so 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 drap. No, it's, Such it's, a just build a, it's up. very bad it's like, a I'm in the, and then I'm nothing an enforcer
0: God's word, but I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be doing Ghostbusters here in a minute. So. <laughs> ahead, that's, that's all right. <laughs> Our next contestant spent a year in silence, just to
3: better understand the sound of a whisper. And he can appreciate that because with five kids, it's never silent at his house. We have the (laughs) Seeker of Serenity, Michael, like a square without corners, Circle! Finally, this contestant amazed me when he saved an island from the would-be ravishings of an industrial development company. That's right. He's the protector of the island's virginity. My brother, (laughs) Shane (laughs) Roberts! (laughs) That's me. I don't remember doing that, I I really did. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Well, I got their attention, fellas. It's up to you to win them over. Now, how will you all do that? Well, if you're new here, and I'm not sure why you would be new here at this point, but let's say you are. If you're new here, we like to rewrite movies to hilarious ends with specific items, people, or ideas as integral parts of their story. And as the all-powerful yet benevolent judge that I am, I will harshly... We're not, because I am benevolent, judge the others on their stories to find a winner, based on whatever criteria I happen to like at the moment. They will then go on to host the next episode and decide on our movie and the topic to rewrite. Tonight's movie is... Well, let's, let's see if our audience can guess. The year is 1984. There are strange and weird things happening in your neighborhood. So who are you gonna call? us who you going to call
1: walter
2: peck
3: <laughs> wally wick <laughs> wally wick
1: dum, dum,
2: de, de, no folks we're talking when there's walter peck in your neighborhood who's all safe everybody nobody's
3: safe nobody's
2: safe um he's the epa all right they're safe
0: are they though are they really i blame them for gas prices yeah
3: exactly <clears throat> Well, tonight's recast is Ghostbusters, that original sci-fi comedy classic, and I happen to be very excited about this one. I got my Proton Pack and Neutrona 1 ready to go, um, and so hopefully you gentlemen brought your A-game tonight, because the premise is a little different. Because it turns out, Walter Peck, we've mentioned, that despicable little weasel from the EPA, was in fact right, and there's no such thing as Ghost. So that... Begs the question, what are those boys in gray doing after all? And so that is the question that must be answered. And I can't wait to hear what you all came up with. But first, we have to come up with an order for this evening. And I know just how to do that. So William Atherton was the actor who played Walter Peck. And he actually did a fantastic job of making the audience dislike him. I mean, you really dislike this guy. And maybe he did too good of a job. Right? It really does. Well, uh, apparently, Atherton was genuinely angry about people heckling him because of the Walter Peck role. Allegedly, he could not walk into a bar without people wanting to fight him uh, and children screaming and teasing him wherever he went. I even heard that somebody, in fact, punched him in the face because of this role. Now, don't feel too bad for him, because that being said, he actually made a career out of playing jerk characters as he did in the movie. Real genius, if you're familiar I with love that. that
0: movie. Yeah, so and, all right.
3: uh, in the words of the immortal Socrates, I drank wine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was also in Die Hard. He played a reporter who did, in fact, get punched in the face. So he, he literally made a career of, of being the guy you love to hate and wanted to punch. And so my question for you gentlemen this evening is this. Who is the celebrity or character you would most like to punch in the face, and why?
0: That is so tempting. Uh, I know uh, this is a tough one. Uh, no, it's it, it, it's it really comes down to one of, of four people for me. But you know what? I'm gonna, You want me to go? I'll go. You go. Go for it. I'll go. This is this is this is uh, going to come right out. This is not going to sound good, though. I feel really weird about this because normally I don't advocate for punching women. I feel like it's uh, not a good thing to do. I think uh, we. We know that that's so. I just well, you know, just full stop. It's not good to punch ladies uh, however, or women. However, to be fun, however, 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 I would totally punch Jane Fonda in the face. Okay. all right. Um, yeah, I know y'all thought I was gonna go with you, Jackman, but the man is Wolverine. I'm not punching. <laughs> Right? You don't punch all him right? in the face. No, no, but but Jane Fonda, absolutely. And I'm gonna Docs tell you what. Tell me why I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you why. Because outside of Cat Baloo, every one of her movies is just horrid. Mm. And, of course, the whole Vietnam thing. Yeah, because, yeah and the whole Vietnam thing. The yeah. whole Vietnam thing. Yeah, Yeah, she's just a traitor to
3: her sure. country. All right. So Jeremy's going to punch Jane Fonda in the face. Who's
2: next? I, uh, I'm very into the idea of striking an old man. And that old man <laughs> okay. is Tom Brady. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> All right. You're probably not the first person who said that. Why?
2: Uh, because he's good at what he does, and I'm one of those people <laughs> that don't like people who are good at what they do. Yeah, he is you know what? talented. You give me him or it. Sidney I, Crosby, and I'm gonna get my butt whooped by him real fast. You'll see.
3: I I I, I, I appreciate you your honesty. I, I I appreciate your honesty with that circle. I uh, like it's it's not because you're like because he's a jerk, because it's because he's good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Circle's right.
2: I'll walk in there and I'll be like, don't make me make you kick my butt, Brady.
0: <laughs> Unless he's got like a deflated ball in his hand, you're okay. Well, um,
1: I'll be honest with you. I had some struggles here. All right. I mean, There are a lot of people that throughout a, a day-to-day basis, I feel like I want to punch in the face, but immediately no one really came to mind. So I'm just going to go, uh, go back to an old classic. I'm just going to go with Justin Bieber.
3: Okay. All right. <laughs> Who is the Justice
1: Beaver?
0: It's because a baby, isn't it?
1: I, uh, I I just I don't like
0: his face. Well, Is that a thing? Can I say that? No, no. I you can I say that. that. No, you can say that. Yeah, yeah. you can totally Also,
1: I remember a thing where like he he tried to use a wheelchair or something to skip line at Disney World. You know how annoying oh, that would be if that happened.
0: That's mean.
3: That's just cold. That's that's uncalled for. I remember well, it lately. being a thing.
2: I just want you guys to know we have lost Justin Bieber as a fan, and Justice Beaver too.
1: No, Justice Beaver is probably now like, you know what, I hate that guy.
2: <laughs> um, who Who is Justice Beaver? He's a fighting beaver.
0: Let's not explore that any further. Let's not explore that any further. <laughs> it's really not.
3: Uh, th- those were all good. Um, my pick, for anyone who was wondering, um, it was Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> just just because that guy needs a good punch in the face for all the depressing books that he's he's written and you people know I'm gonna be honest with to yeah. make movies about
1: I don't think I would know his face if I saw it
3: well here's <laughs> the thing either. so I, I th- my my wife once once tried to take up for him and then she looked him up and she's like he really does have a punchable face <laughs> <laughs> and if you know my wife that's saying mm, something that really is so yeah I'm'm I'm, I would stick with him so if anyone had, had picked him that was an odd. Thematic win, but but since you didn't.
2: Well, By the way, aunt, I
0: picked
3: aunt. Nicholas Sparks as my backup.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's like that's really funny. I did two. I did three, and my third place and uh, my fourth place. What? I, he's he's, he's like he's second, third, and fourth on my list of punchable people. Uh, Actually, I think I, I think I went with him
3: first. Circle you are but an ant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have heard no,
3: that about I, him. I have heard that. Um, so, ba- based on your answers, I, I think I'm I'm going to give Jeremy the edge on this one with Jane Fonda. Shane, I'm I'm going to give uh, give second on this one with Bieber because yeah, Bieber. So we're gonna go Jeremy first, Shane second, Circle coming in third. That's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Circle. Is clearly feeling good about about this one, but he's also editing, so he can always change change the order.
2: Again, so it's not going to sound good either. He he should he should feel good because uh,
0: the uh, the person in first place has never won for the record.
2: Oh, that's a good. Uh, but
0: that that's good could stat. that that could in fact change this time. So, gentlemen, <laughs> It's
3: like I'm warming up sh- for everybody else is what it is. That's right. It. All right. You all enjoy the recast. May the best story win. So what I'm hearing Jeremy is Jeremy Young.
2: What I'm take hearing it away. is uh everybody's coming to see Michael Circle, but they have to sit through two opening acts first.
0: Yep, that's what it is. Yep, you can and take with it as that. It
2: is Ghostbusters
0: 1984 being rewritten. All right. but so just let me just uh, get give a little bit of a casting out uh for you and some of this you'll probably I uh, get right off the back, because I've got some jokes that will explain it, and you'll you'll understand better. But uh, it's still set in New York City, so I want to let you know that uh, the director is going to be Mu Night Shyamalan, just because I wanted to say ma. Um and then uh, you know because he's he's so he's so pretentious. Oh, I'll just use my first letter. Who does he think he is, F- Murray Abraham? The uh, uh, so Mu Night Shyamalan, and then uh, my my four Ghostbusters, Peter Venkman is played by Ryan Reynolds because that makes sense oh, to nice. me. Yeah, yep. Egon is going to be played by a younger Jeff Goldblum, think, during uh, his Jurassic Park years. All right. Um, Ray will be played by Paul Rudd. And Winston will be Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> I like he, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then uh, Walter Peck will be played by Haley Joel Osmond. This will not be young Haley Joel. This will be a 20s Haley Joel. And, uh. then, he will, and then Bruce Willis will be played by Bruce Willis. And that'll make sense with my jokes later. Uh, Dana will be played by Sandra Bullock, just because I like the idea of having Sandy B and Ryan Reynolds together again. Uh, Janine will be played by Emma Stone. And then uh, L- Lewis will be played by Paul Giamatti. Um, oh, you know, I, I, Yeah, I got, a, I got a guy who's actually quite funny, but he's, a, he's an excellent actor. Uh, Gozer will be Olivia Wilde, mainly because she was a li- she was Gozer in the, the newest one, and she just seemed fit. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um Slimer uh, will be Voiced by Frank Welke But he will look and the CGI Will be in the form of Mr. Bean's face With a really tiny body um, <laughs> And then uh, There will be a radio host At one point you only hear the voice But it will be that of Matthew Lillard I have a reason for that Mainly because we all remember That uh, Matthew Lillard took over Voicing Shaggy Doggone And originally you, it was dude. Casey Kaysen and of course, you know, Casey was in the, in the film. So uh, I just, you know, that was, I thought it would be a nice callback. Uh, the nice. mayor will be played by none other than William Atherton. He'll be the mayor. I know he's wow. dead. But we're, we're resurrecting him. Uh, the police chief will be uh, played by Reginald Vale Johnson because I just thought that would be hilarious. Uh, he always plays a cop, you on everything, including <laughs> family matters. Um, nice. And, and then, of course, there will be some other roles in which I will tell you when I get to them. Uh, so let me go ahead and begin then. So we have an opening, and uh, we have a librarian, and she is at the New York City Library. She's down in the stacks by herself, walking around, and there seems to be some weird things happening with the lights and and just strange noises. And she's getting really spooked about this, and, and very scared. And it's and this is going to be played by uh, Christine Baranski. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar, she played Leonard's mom off of uh, Big Bang Theory. She's done a lot nice. of movies actually, but yeah, um, that's 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 good. And as she's walking around, she's, she's suddenly going to uh, confront something that scares her, or this really you know bright light is going to be upon her. And sure enough, you're going to hear some music. you're going to see a, uh, the Ghostbuster logo, all right? Um, then we're going to uh, come in to Venkman, Ray and Egon arriving at the library. Um, there they are going to en- encounter the head of the library. Uh, his name will be Joe Mama. Um, uh, that's going to be played by Marlon Wayans. And uh, uh, immediately they are taken to meet with the librarian who's going to be going by the name Christine. And Vinkman begins to ask Christine questions, you know, name, age, any history of mental disorders for yourself? Of course, no, 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 no. Uh, How in your family? And and Vinkman's like, in other words, do you have any nuts in your family tree? And, And their Joe Mama says, is that really appropriate? So which Venkman is like, back off, buddy, ask the questions here. For instance, are you a fan of Bill Cosby? To the which Joe Mama's like, well, y- y- yeah. Do you think his comedy is funny? Well, well, yeah. So uh, Venkman's like, so uh, are you Mr. Mama drugging this woman? To which, of course, he's like, no. He's like, really? You admitted that you love Bill Cosby, and you expect me to believe this? The which of course, Joe Mama's like, weren't you asking her the questions? And Venkman's like, I thought so. Keep your mouth shut. Then the librarian says, well, yes, I do. I have a brother. Um, who loved doing uh, bird imitations, to which Ray says, that's not proof of mental illness, to which she says, tell that to the people who park their cars under the trees in the park. Put that in together. Oh, I got there. I got that. So so then they they decide they're going to investigate downstairs. They go into the, and they see these books stacked. And Egon is like, this is just like the the library in the UK in 1938, in which Vinkman says, hog pimples? And uh, Ray and Egon are perplexed and they're together, and they're like, yeah, close enough. They then encounter a ghost, an old librarian that's going to be played by Betty White, because I thought Ryan Reynolds and Betty White should be reunited, and she's that's dead. That's a good call. So, yes. So uh, Venkman says, uh, uh, I'm going to go talk to her, because you know, he thinks he can, and she immediately looks at him and begins to flirt with him. That's right. The ghost of this librarian, played by Betty White, is going to flirt with him, telling him that she thinks that he's hot, and... Uh, Wants to know if he's free tonight to play Put the Books on the Shelf, Dewey Decimal Style. Which, of course, uh, Vinkman is like, uh, thinky, but uh, l- give me a second to think it about over. So he goes back and regroups with the other two, and uh, Ray says, I have an idea. Stay close with me. And they get right up on her, and he goes, get her! To which she immediately goes from looking like Betty White to Betty Davis. And I mean Betty Davis when she was, you know, old, but cranky like Betty Davis could. And she begins to scream, and then she would look like Betty Davis does now because she's been dead for 50 years. So in other words, it's really frightening. And then they run away. In fact, yelling run away as they run away, accidentally bumping into John Cleese on the way out. That's right. Cameo. Uh, John Cleese. Nice. Uh, they decided to, uh, as a result of now having this encounter, they decided they're going to go into business, but they need money. So they sell, Ray's Willie Mays Hayes rookie card for a dollar. Because of course, at this point, Willie Mays Hayes was still basically an unknown and they only got a dollar for it. Plus, they got, uh, went, then they went around and got some change, they got another dollar from various pay phones at Grand Central Station. Using those two dollars, they go and buy two lottery tickets and choose their numbers with the help from a blonde worker at the counter uh, that's going to be played by uh, actress Jennifer Runyon. And uh, another worker, a short guy, who's going to be played by Stephen Tash. Uh, the uh, They are going to be challenged to pick numbers off the top of their head because Vinkman is convinced that they have untapped psychic potential. And so they quickly give out the uh, numbers, and guided by Vinkman, they go ahead and go with those numbers, and sure enough, they win. Uh, not because of the numbers given by Jennifer Runyon, but the numbers given by Stephen Dash. Ironically, uh, they win and uh, they buy equipment. So three months later, they have a building, the ecto One. They've hired Janine to be the receptionist. They then hire Winston. Uh, Winston, of course, is taken around and shown uh, the ins and outs of the uh, uh, the business that is the proton packs, uh, Ecto-1, what they what they do, their, their procedures. And, of course, they take them down to the containment unit, uh, which they call Courtney Love, because it is a large space for the has-been spirits they collect. Um, <laughs> they quickly advertise and, uh, and immediately are visited by an EPA man, Walter Peck and Bruce Willis. Walter Peck, remember, is Haley Joe awesome, and Bruce Willis is, of course, Bruce Willis. Now, here's the thing about Bruce Willis. He has severe uh, aphasia. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, that is actually a condition where his language comes out as almost random words. It doesn't really make sense. He has, you know, he, he thinks he's saying what's right, but in fact, it comes out as other things. And only Walter Peck can understand him, and therefore interprets for him. And so here we have Bruce Willis saying, "Candy apple, rookie, cheesecake basket," to which uh, Walter Peck says, uh, uh, "Hi, uh, Walter Peck, EPA uh, here to do an inspection about your supposed ghost busting." In quotations. Bruce, uh, of course, says, Twinkie calakalaka laka 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 To the witch, of course, Peck says, uh, the EPA has the right to know what environmental damage you may d- be doing to the city. Venkman, of course, says, I could care less what your concerns are, Pecker. To the witch, Peck says, that is Peck. Uh, Venkman says, I've heard it both ways. Then suddenly alarms start going off, and Venkman says, get proof that we're fakes if you believe that. We've got some busting to do. At this point, of course, they head off to uh, high-rise. Peck and Willis decide that they are going to follow with a video camera to get some po- uh, proof. In fact, they're going to follow the video camera like Bette Midler, you know, from a distance. <laughs> they're song. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> the four, of course, uh, are told when they arrive at this high-rise uh, building that there is a vicious Slimer on the 13th floor and they encounter Slimer eating and making absurd Mr. Bean faces, uh, which, you know, if you can just picture that for a moment, it would be quite hilarious. Then, immediately, he uh, slimes Ray. Vankman thinks this is hilarious and laughs. Winston is grossed out, and Egon immediately collects a sample. They uh, chase the Slimer into a conference room. The room is uh, supposed to host important, wealthy businessmen. Uh, The guys, of course, get the ghost uh, eventually, or Slimer, whatever he is, in the trap only after Winston begins to do his Ministry of Funny walks routine around the room. Uh, This confuses Slimer and allows Ray and Peter to hit him with one of their uh, uh, their rays from their proton pack. And of course, Egon hits the trap and as a result, they get paid. More than ever, of course, Walter Peck and Bruce Willis believe that they're using some sort of toxin and special effects to dupe everyone into seeing this light show and, and believing that this is actually supernatural. Meanwhile, as they get back to the uh, Ghostbusters building, they encounter Dana Barrett and Louis Tully, who are there asking for help. They have two creatures, who have been seen in their top penthouse apartments. And they decide to go and check out the apartments with their ghost, uh, meters. Of course, Walter Peck and Bruce Willis follow along from a distance. Again, they find, uh, readings that are off the chart when they get to the uh, top floor and determine that something big is about to happen. Uh, because, uh, because of this, they, they determine they need to get back and immediately inform Winston and Peter. But before they can get back, they realize that Dana and Lewis are already possessed. And they've turned into these giant burros, these, these fierce donkeys that scream, ee-haw, ee-haw, and attack them. Uh, and, and, but they were able to get away in the last minute. Now, Walter Peck and Bruce Willis immediately realize these guys are going to extreme lengths. And so they immediately go and meet with the mayor and the police chief about this matter. Of course, Bruce Willis starts out by saying, Mecca like a hi, mecha hiney, 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 oh. And Walter Peck says, Mayor, chief, these guys are using toxic chemicals and lasers to fool people, and they're terrorizing the city all for profit. And uh, Bruce Willis goes, cha-ching, cha-ching. The mayor, of course, responds that they're really popular in the city. People love them. They're almost like minor celebrities around the city. He says, he says to the chief of police, go and bring these, these men to me. I want to talk to them first before we do anything else, because if Wally Wick here is wrong, the people will have my job, and it's an election year. Bruce Willis, of course, says, Hans Gruber, rub-a-dub-dub. And the response to that, of course, is Walter Peck says, chief, you should shut down the power to the building. And the chief says, that's a good idea, so he calls up the city engineer and uh, asks him to send a worker down to make it so. Incidentally, the city engineer is played by Patrick Stewart. Meanwhile, back inside the Buster's building, Ray tells Venkman and Winston what all happened. Meanwhile, Egon is analyzing data. Uh, Winston says, I fear that New York may become a hotbed for jackasses everywhere. And Venkman says, or worse, Democrats. Egon says, I believe we can defeat these mules, uh, but they are likely the result of something bigger and he tells them about the building's history. It was owned and built originally for Juan Valdez and his donkey. That's right. Juan Valdez started what was known as Gozer Worship, he and his mule. Uh, That involved all kinds of horrible things, human sacrifice, dogs and cats, mass hysteria. We, uh, We have Walter Peck and the police chief along with Bruce Willis and the electric company worker uh, storm in, and they are warned very quickly by uh, Venkman and the rest that they should not turn off the power, that this would be bad. Uh, but they do it anyway. And alarms go off, steam, lights, and finally, you know, ex- minor explosions start happening within, and they all run outside only to find the roof blowing off and lights escaping from the top of the roof. They are um, arrested because, well, what else are they going to do? Uh, So in the process of arresting them, they are going to take them to go meet the mayor. Meanwhile, as these lights are escaping from the top of the Ghostbusters building and begin to make their way towards the uh, infamous Juan Valdez penthouse apartments, Uh, where uh, Lewis and Dana, or Donkey 1 and Donkey 2 are. They go on and and cut to a scene of the mayor finding out about the uh, sudden intake of ghost uh, appearances after the explosion from um, the Ghostbusters building, and they find out that there is all kinds of lights happening outside the Juan Valdez uh, apartment building. The Ghostbusters explain when they get there that they are legit and that pencil-neck peck is just causing the city more harm. Bruce Willis says, yeah, yippee-ki-yay, hoochie-coochie. And Walter Peck says, I'm not saying that to the mayor. Mr. Mayor, these guys are like Belle Biv DeVoe. Of course, the police chief goes, poison? And says, I love every rose. And Winston says, that's a different group. He's saying that we are poison. Uh, To the which, of course, Venkman says, I haven't sang in a glam rock band in my life. That is outrageous. Walter Peck says, these guys are idiots, and they're poisoning the city. Ray, of course, says, "Sir, that is false. Everything was fine until Peck decided to act like a squirrel with no nuts and shut down our Courtney Love. I mean, our containment unit." And The mayor says, "A squirrel? I mean, is this really true?" And Vinkman says, "Yes, this is true. He has no nuts." And the mayor, of course, sides with the Busters on this one and decides to let them take on Go. I mean, well, you know, Gozer or Juan Valdez and his donkeys. Um, they uh, they determine that Gozer uh, when they arrive at the building is really just a, a lady who's a fairly good-looking lady, but she's got this horrible buzz cut for some reason. And uh, they attempt to trap her like they would any other being or ghost, and they can't do it. Uh, they determine that that there must be something extra special about Gozer, that, that he can't simply be trapped like any of the other uh, things which they've encountered, at which point she tells them to behold her true form, and then she disappears And reappears as a giant Juan Valdez with two giant donkeys down on the street below, simply walking through the middle of New York City, stepping on cars, destroying things, and eventually stepping over a church building and destroying it. And then they hit her with the, the full blast of all four proton packs uh, right at uh, Juan Valdez and the donkeys. It only makes uh, them angry. And suddenly the smell of roasted coffee fills the air. Of course, Bruce Willis and Walter Peck are watching this entire time. And they're beginning to wonder, is this really happening? Uh, of course, the busters cross streams eventually and destroy Juan Valdez as a result of, of doing this. And uh, Dana and Louie are saved. Sorry, right. Lewis are saved. You can call him the way. It's spelled Louie. Uh, of course, the result of this is Bruce Willis, seeing all of these things happening, goes, Lama, 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 hoo hoo And Walter Peck goes, you're right. They saved the city. At that time, of course, the song Ghostbusters begins to play, and the, the city celebrates, and the credits begin to roll. Those last of the scenes are are seen. There are a couple of outtakes as well. And then the screen goes completely black as the final screen, uh, you know, final of the uh, credits goes to the very top. It all goes black, but there's a noise that's heard. And then suddenly, boom, we're in Central Park. And there uh, we can see the Ghostbusters talking to one another. There's a presence in Central Park. And they, they, they can't see it. The reading is off the scales, but they know that there's something there. And, and they don't know how to get them. And finally, Walter Peck says, let me, I'm, I'm going to do this. And he and Bruce agree to, to be bait. And they're going to they're gonna be bait to get this, this entity to chase them through the park. And as they're running through the park, suddenly there's this beam of light that appears. And, and Walter Peck looks around and Bruce Willis is gone. And the busters are rejoicing. They're like, yeah, we got it. And then Walter Peck realizes Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. And in the background, the radio host introduces Huey Lewis and the News' new song, I Want a New Drug. All right, so first off, just for the casting, incredible.
3: That's 200 just for the casting. I'm giving you 50 for the bird joke. I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you 50 more for Betty White give you 20 for for john cleese put john cleese in there and 20 more for uh for for runyon and, and tash showing up and and doing their thing um 10 points for the jurassic park callback 10 more for the courtney love joke uh, t- 10 points for i've heard it both ways uh 10 points for slimer bean uh, 20 points for sliming both trump and bloomberg that's great 10 <laughs> points for from a distance <laughs> which you threw in there twice, which was nice. 20 points for pulling off the burrow noises. I mean, you went all in on that. That was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, 20 more for the, for the Democrats' donkey joke. 10 more for Juan Valdez and the donkey. 10 points for throwing in Find a Way. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I gotta give you 10 for Did I Do That? I'm giving you 10 for The Bathroom Please Call Back. Yes, it's a callback, <laughs> and that's all I'm saying.
0: That's all you're saying. <laughs> Me too. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I, I know where it's a callback from.
3: Oh, I do too. 10 for Bell, the Bell Biv DeVoe and, and Poison. <laughs> I'm giving you 20 for No Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> 10 for Missing Each. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving you 20 for Giant Juan Valdez and the Roasted Coffee. and And finally, I'm going to give you 50 for the ending with Bruce Was the Ghost all along. Good stuff. Let me let me start doing my Gazentas and getting all of this. I see, Tim. and like that carry the one five hundred and fifty points. All right, for Jeremy, uh, work hard for that. You did. That was that was a very very solid uh, beginning.
2: That uh, that you blows you my clearly, zero points out of the water.
3: You you, you clearly put a lot into that. In all, score, yes.
2: in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I am but an ant to that story as of right
3: now. <laughs> ah, there it is. I did say you get ten points Woo-hoo. for that, Michael Circle, but that was just to offset the ten points I took away from you. <laughs>
2: hey, that's all right. Ten exactly. points is ten points.
3: Ten points we'll is ten points. Point. He'll fix it in post. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, Jeremy, very very solid start. So that takes us to. Our next story, which is from the one and only Shane Roberts.
1: All right. Well, that's it. I had three options for titles. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all three of them. i am you know, end with the one I actually think I'm going with. First, I went simple, and I just said Ghostbusters.
2: <laughs> See, there's
1: a question mark at the end. Uh, that's uh,
3: a question uh, mark. All right. all right. That's good.
1: Yeah. Um, I also had a title of Walter Peck, I Ain't Afraid of No ghost.
3: Nice. And
1: like the that. one I finally decided upon was Peter Vinkman picked on Walter Peck and Walter Peck picked the plight of Peter.
0: Oh, that's the that's when you should have gone with <laughs> Oh, wow. His...
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's All right. the best story more, idea so, ever.
3: Um, Peter Vinkman picked King. on Walter
1: Peck and Walter Peck picked the plight of Peter. So, as far as our casting goes, here, I will say, I do not go as, as in-depth on the minor character. No one goes as in-depth on the minor character as Jeremy Young, so I'll, I'll give him his... This is true.
0: That's why people I'll, fall asleep during my stories, so. though.
1: Peter Vankman, I have Adam Sandler.
0: Oh, I can see that. Nice, nice. Ray
1: is Kevin James.
0: <laughs>
1: Egon is nice. David
0: Spade. Yeah.
1: Winston is Chris Rock, because you can okay. see here.
0: We're getting slapped. So we're getting slapped. <laughs>
1: You can see here that we have a uh, a Happy Madison production.
0: Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Dana I like this.
1: is going to be portrayed by Drew Barrymore.
0: Oh, that, that fits, yeah.
1: Um, The role of uh, Lewis is going to be Rob Schneider. I have uh, Janine being played by Winona Ryder because she was in Mr. Deeds. I nice. have Walter Peck as Steve Buscemi. I cast the mayor as Chris Farley.
0: So- <laughs> <laughs> That guy in a little coat. I love so, it.
1: With our uh, comedic cast here, we open directly into, once again, uh, kind of you know the same way that Jeremy began in the library. We're opening with the library scene. But you see, we already have Peter, Ray, and Egon. They're already there. They're already in the suits. We're jumping straight into action. They're carefully looking through stacks of books they're holding up a device you know they got their backpacks on they're holding a device it's making this beeping noises they're noting you know peculiarities throughout the the library as they turn the corner peter says here's the spot suddenly the device begins beeping wildly it's flashing as a ghost librarian appears and she turns to the three men and she just gives the shh and peter says i don't think so old lady And the three unleash three beams of light. They appear to harm the ghost. The ghost screams out, getting the attention of everyone in the library. And they can now see this kind of light show happening above the stacks. A few moments later, Egon taps a button and the box below the ghost closes. The ghost disappears. Peter quickly grabs the box, holds it up in glory before the crowd who has now gathered. And he says, this is what happens to ghosts in our town. He says, heroically. The crowd begins to cheer. The manager of the library, it seems like a library would have a manager. This one does. He comes to see what the commotion is going on here. And he's like, who are you guys? And Ray looks at him and says, we're the Ghostbusters. And the guy's like, I didn't call any Ghostbusters. And he was like, well, you know, we heard about the rumors of a ghost librarian. So we did this one for free of charge. But... We have very reasonable rates for anyone who might have any paranormal activity in their home or business. So then Ray begins passing out business cards to the crowd of enthralled viewers here who have witnessed this uh, this great feat occur. The guys take some pictures with people, and then they get into the Ecto-1 triumphantly, and they return to the station where they are greeted by Janine. Janine says, the phones have been ringing off the hook for the last 15 minutes. You must have made quite an impression. Peter looks over to his companions and he says, yeah, I told you all we needed was a little jump start, guys. He says with a smile and he slides the trap onto the floor. He hits a button. The ghost appears above it once again. And he says, there you are, you big, beautiful banshee. And he hits the (laughs) button again and the ghost disappears. And Egon is sitting here and he's kind of like shaking his head. He says, I I don't know, guys, we've got real science here. Shouldn't we be focusing on, you know, like, like real problems? And Peter gently puts his arm around his companion and says, Egon, buddy, we're focusing on the real problem with not enough money in my pockets. Yeah, Ray chimes in. He says, we're making people feel safer, too. Once we get a little money flow, then we're going to get back to the real science. So it's at this point that Winston walks in. Peter looks at him and says, "You're, you're the new guy we're supposed to be hiring. And he says, is that a ghost sign on the door? I don't know what kind of place this is ray says what what are this guy's qualifications and he says i'm a special effects specialist And if that's not special enough i don't know what is so egon hearing this says now we're bringing in someone who's not even and winston looks at him and says not even what and then there's a super awkward silence as they just look around at each other and egon says he's not a scientist i was going to say he's not a scientist and winston says "Mm mm-hmm he says that that's what i was going to say it was just seriously he's not a scientist so now the crew of, of four go on to another case this time they're going to a to a hotel after having a quick rundown of the the system winston now knows how to help the team put on a spectacular show against what's this time going to be a green slimer ghost uh, they they have a, you know, an epic scene where they're chasing this, this ghost all through the hotel it is highlighted when uh, Winston actually sets up to have Egon hit with actual slime, you know, physically slimed. So, you know, Egon is obviously thrilled by this. It's like, you know, this is just great. I'm sure that this stain's going to come out super easy. So in the end, the ghost is in the dining hall. And they kind of, this is their big their biggest scene here. And Peter says with a smile, open up, it's time for supper. And Ray says, and the end is on the menu. And Winston says, It's a special buy one, get one half off. And then Peter and Ray look at him, and they're like, come on, too far, man, that doesn't even really make any sense. And he says, oh, doesn't it? And he slides a tripod, and another Slimer ghost appears. And Peter's like, all right, not bad, rookie. So Ray and Peter, they hit one ghost with their light beams, and Egon and Winston, they take on the other one, and after what appears to be a massive struggle, they're able to capture them both and emerge triumphant once again to the cheering public. So at this point, you know, the city is kind of, they're in a frenzy over these guys. These guys are the heroes. So as they return to the station, they find Walter Peck from the EPA is waiting for them. He says that he needs to check out the operation. You know, these guys are, they're an overnight success. They seem a little bit fishy. He says either they're fighting ghosts that the government needs to know about, or as he finds likely, they're con men that need to be shut down. Well, of course the guys tell him they can't see anything without a warrant, and he says, "You know what? I'll be back. I'll be back." So shortly after, Dana shows up, and she's asking if anyone can come check out her haunted apartment. Peter immediately says that he will. He's he's going to go take care of this. He'll go with her. He takes the time to put on a, you know, a good show with several fake ghost devices. He tells her that the place is just super epically terribly haunted so haunted that he says you have to stay with me tonight and she laughs and says yeah no so she says i'm i'm just going to stay at the hotel that you all just cleaned out there so as he's seeing her out of the apartment complex they run into the neighbor lewis and he tells peter that he's actually had some haunting activity too that that he'd like him to look at and peter doesn't really seem overly interested in checking out lewis's place cuz he's lewis and he says come on you can do it so uh Peter goes back to the station. He gets a few things to uh, you know, quote unquote clean the apartment of ghosts because, you know, after while, so he still has to put on a good show for everybody around the apartment. But when he gets there, strange things begin happening. He you got lights flickering, you got cabinets shaking, there's even a faint voice that seems to be telling him to get out. So at this point, Peter's a bit he's a bit shaken. He heads back to the station to talk it over with the other guys. He's like You know, Egon says, you know, perhaps we've found an actual ghost. We could actually see if our equipment can take care of it. Peter's like, I did not sign up for actual ghost hunting. This is is not supposed to be. And Winston's like, wait a second, are ghosts actually real? Is this a thing? So as they're discussing this new development, Walter Peck comes back to the door. He has a search warrant. He, He demands. This time he comes in. So they lead him on a tour of the station. He looks everything over very closely. He says... I haven't seen anything but a bunch of flashlights and fireworks, boys. I hope you have something else to show me, or I'm going to have to shut you down like an Eskimo's ice business. So they show him to the uh, Ghost Containment Union. It's a magnificently large, glowing structure. It has ectoplasm flowing within it. And he says, Boys, that's just a large lava lamp, isn't it? And Peter says, What are you talking about? That's ex- it's just, it's obviously super. Scientific, it's got ectoplasm and rectoplasm and all kinds of ghost stuff, whatnot in it. It's, uh, it's too hard to explain to someone like you. And he says, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and pull the plug. To which Econ says, sir, if you do that, you could unleash the most maniacal group of dastardly villains this city has ever seen. And Walter replies, haven't you all just caught a librarian in a green thing? I think we'll be okay. (laughs) So he pulls the cord from the wall. And the lights go out, and nothing really happens. And he says, I'm afraid it's curtains for you, boys. Blackout curtains. So the team is taken away to jail to uh, await their fraud trial. However, as they wait, paranormal activity at the apartment complex begins to intensify. People were forced to come to the realization that there are, in fact, ghosts, and something big is coming. As the city begins to panic over this new development, the mayor calls for the Ghostbusters. He meets with them and Walter to discuss this new development. We've been busting ghosts this whole time. We were on the verge of taking down that complex when Mr. Peck shut us down, says Ray. Of course, Walter, hearing this, says, Mr. Mayor, they're just con men with flashlights and a lava lamp. They aren't going to be able to fix this. They can't fix anything. Peter comes over to the mayor and says, imagine mayor who helped the Ghostbusters save the city. For a reasonable fee, of course. You'll be elected for life. The mayor gets a big grin across his face. All I know is if we don't do something, this city will fall, he says. And we'll all end up living in a van down by the river. Go get them, Ghostbusters. Uh... Peter, of course, opens up with, can, can our stuff actually even do this? Is this... And Egon says, our equipment can theoretically work on ghosts with the right settings. We'd know for sure if we'd ever actually found any ghosts, but in, in theory, I think it could work. And Ray says, well, if not, it's a good day to die. And Winston says, no, no, it definitely is not. This man right here is crazy. You guys can go climb in some tower and find some real ghost. I'm going to sit down here. I'm going to be the guy in the chair. So... They arrive at the complex to the cheering public and everybody, you know, ghostbusters, ghostbusters. And they uh, begin their trek to the top of the complex. And uh, this whole time, they now have cameras on their suits that, you know, Winston's going to stay down in the car. He's he's the guy in the chair. So they, they have cameras on the suit showing everything that is happening the whole way up. And then the entire way they're going up, they're actually battling ghosts throughout the building. They're trapping them left and right. Everything is working the way that it theoretically should. And at the top, they meet Gozer. Now, this one's not like anything they faced before. Reaches out his hand and Gozer waves the hand and knocks them all down. But when they get back to their feet, Gozer's gone. Winston, you know, over, over microphone here says, where, where did it go? They turn, and they see an eight-foot-tall marshmallow monster. They set their weapons to kill, and they just fry this thing, sending piles of toasted marshmallows falling to the streets below. The guys then return to their cheering fans. They're triumphant. Peter holds up a stack of traps, and he says, What happens to ghosts in my town? And Walter Peck walks up to the group of heroes, and he says, I suppose you're real proud of yourselves, aren't you, boys? The guys, of course, all nod with smiles. They're, they're legitimate heroes now. Walter grabs one of the traps and he throws it to the ground. And Gozer appears and it terrifies the public until Walter hits a button and the ghost disappears. He says, there were no ghosts here. The whole thing is a scam set up by these con artists. And Egon says, no, no, no. We just destroyed a complex full of monsters. He says, the, the debris, it fell to the ground. It, it, it's here. And Walter says, you mean this marshmallow? As he sticks some in his mouth and he eats it and raises, look, look at the video. You have the video footage. So they quickly pull up the video of the marshmallow monster that they fight, whose mouth clearly never even moved whenever it roared. It was just a bunch of marshmallows piled together to look like a person that they blasted the crap out of. He says, yeah, that, uh, that looks real, real, real. And Peter says, no, 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 we trapped all kinds of ghosts. He lays down the traps and the ghosts all appear and then, of course, quickly disappear with the push of a button. So the authorities arrest the Ghostbusters. And as they're placed in the police wagon, because, you know, police wagons should still be a thing, (laughs) Walter pokes his head in. And Egon looks at me and says, we didn't set this up. And he says, oh, I know that, boys. I did, he says with a big smile on his face. I knew they'd hardly give you a slap on the wrist for what you'd done. I had to make sure that everybody got a front row seat for the fraud. So I hired Dana to plant the seed in your mind that there might actually be ghosts. Borrowed some of your toys, set the whole thing up, so you could take the fall in front of the whole world. And as an added bonus, I'm pretty sure that buffoon of a mayor's not going to give me any trouble come election season. This is my city now, boys. Have a nice life. The Ghostbusters served twenty years in prison for fraud, while Walter Peck became the next mayor of New York City. The end.
0: Wow, that took a dark turn at the end. Wow, wow, indeed,
3: that's a lot there. It's good yeah. stuff. Oh, we've yeah. had two good stories so far.
1: The uh, the Peckster came out on top. The Peckster.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, first of all, let's uh, let's just talk about your your title or titles. Uh, they were all good, but Peter Vinkman picked on Walter Peck, and Walter Peck picked the plight of Peter. Is that's that's money? That's gold. That, that's a hundred hundred points there, just just for the title. That title was was beautiful. Um, your casting, beautiful cast. One fifty for that. Your racial scientist joke. I'll give you twenty for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy one half off. I'm, I'm giving you ten for the, for that. That made me snicker. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, the fact that they are they are frauds and and proud of it, uh, except for Egon, who feels a little guilty. Ten for that. Uh, that you can do it. I got giving you twenty for that one. The the Eskimos ice business line. I'll give you ten for that. All right. So so the the fact that the containment unit is just a large lava lamp and you used the word rectoplasm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you 50 for that. I was uh, hoping somebody
1: would realize that the word rectoplasm wasn't back there.
3: Oh, t- 10 points for the for the blackout curtains uh, from Peck. From there. Um, fi- 50 points for for Mayor Chris Farley uttering Van down by the river. I mean, come on. Um, Winston being the guy in the chair, giving you 10 for that one. And then Walt. Walter's setup ending, um, fifty points for that. That was that was excellent, and the fact that he becomes Mayor Peck, um, twenty more for that. So I gotta I gotta do math again here for a bit. Like you always so, you always gotta have a solid twist there at the end. If I've calculated this correctly, I believe I have five hundred and thirty points. For Shane, which actually puts him 20 points behind Jeremy. So right now, Jeremy retains the lead. But Shane is in a close second at 5.30. Oh, I got to pick is up
1: one deck. All I got to is pick up 30 points from Michael's story.
3: <laughs> it could happen. I was about to they say, people have
1: picked up points from other people's stories before. That is true. That, that's true.
3: Yeah.
2: Seriously. So congratulations on the win, Jeremy. This was a great one. You guys have a good night. No, we want to hear
0: what you got. We want to hear what you got, man. Come on. You're good. You know it.
2: That's a mistake. All right. Is
0: it my turn?
3: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Michael Circle. You're up, buddy. We want to hear your story with confidence and authority.
2: Well, I don't have authority sounding in my voice because I'm losing it, but you'll get some confidence.
3: All right. All right. All right.
2: So let's start with casting, as everybody else has so far. Uh, my casting is going to be wildly different. And uh, it's 2022, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. Ray Stans uh, will be played by Freddie Prinz Jr. All right. Uh, Peter Venkman is now a woman named Patricia Venkman, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, because you can't have Freddie Prinz Jr. without having Sarah uh, Michelle I was Gellar.
0: Wondering who was go- I wondered who was going to do this. I was expecting this. Well,
2: it's not what Go you on. think. Egon Spangler, also a woman, is gonna be played by Nev Campbell. There's oh, a, that's good. There's okay. a bit of a horror aspect to ghosts, and therefore I need mm. a really solid Scream Queen. I've got one in Sarah Michelle Geller. Now I have one in Nev Campbell. Uh Winston Zedemore is not uh a scientist. Uh he's gonna be played by Matthew Lillard. I knew it. <clears throat>
3: Uh, yes. Yes. I knew, I knew it too to. As soon as you said Matt, Matthew Iller Jeremy, yeah. and Michael was like there's <laughs> was not
1: a, right there. Michael there's not a lot of diversity In your cast so far <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well My references don't have Much diversity to them either <laughs> Walter Peck is uh, Instead of being played by uh, William Atherton is now going to be Played by Gary Busey just because we haven't Put Gary Busey in anything yet <laughs>
0: I don't yeah, think. Scary
2: Uh Mayor Lenny is going to be Dan Aykroyd because let's keep Dan Aykroyd in the movie. Janine is yep. still going to be Annie Potts because she made such an excellent Janine. I can't change her. Uh, All right. Dana is going to be played by Tina Fey because I love Tina Fey. And Lewis <laughs> will be Steve Gutenberg. Oh, like okay. That. Now that you know those people are in there, just understand they do not make any appearances in my movie. <laughs> 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 so. We open with you say,
1: Gary Busey doesn't say Gary Busey at any point. <laughs> he should.
0: <laughs>
2: he might. Let's just find out he what happens.
0: Smile and laugh maniacally at any point either. <laughs> <laughs> he is so he
2: is so weird. He's
0: crazy. I know, it. I know. He's awesome.
2: And I love that his son, Jake Busey is basically just Gary Busey. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he is. To that point, I almost went the route of the frighteners with Jake Busey. And uh, Michael J. Fox, but I decided yeah. to go a different route. So, and then Gary Busey ended up making the cut. So, <laughs> just in that, just in that intro there. So, we open with Ray being the one that's performing you know, the electrifying experiments on two unsuspecting college students. <clears throat> one, a male student actually named Scott Dickinson, Dickinson which is the name of uh, the male student in the movie, but you don't know that unless you read the comic books. So his name is actually Scott Dickinson. And I'm going to go ahead and have him played by Steve Tash because we're not going to change that. And Jennifer Runyon will keep her role as well. So the the college students are the same people. As the movie suggests, Scott correctly reads the backwards card as three wavy lines. And he says it's three wavy lines, but Ray goes ahead and shocks him anyway. And uh, he says, I'm trying to gauge the effect of this. And he says, I'll tell you what the effect is. It's peeving me off. So we come back to the lab after the experiment is done, and Ray, who is, is basically still Ray Stans, except he is now the one with the weird thing where he wants to he, he wants to run experiments on and hit on college chicks. Peter Vinkman now, Patricia, Sarah Michelle Gellar, comes in, and she says to Ray, it, Ray's been touching up his ghost hunting gear and making sure everything is ready to go, and Dean Yeager comes in and kicks them out of their office and fires them because he doesn't like them, looking for any reason to. Well, Patricia gives her excellent speech on fate, you know, luck, karma, Uh, takes a swig of scotch and says she has no idea what they'll do next. We now skip some undisclosed amount of time, but the Ghostbusters have in fact made a business and a name for themselves. They've capped Slimer in the hotel. They actually trapped the librarian ghost and dozens more all across the city. Uh, They have also capped the attention of an EPA inspector, Walter Peck, now played by Gary Busey. He has found that the Ghostbusters have created a containment facility for their ghastly prisoners. And uh, he doesn't think that it meets the government standards for whatever the EPA thinks they're doing wrong. Because let's face it, what could the EPA truly think is going on with that? Walter Peck says we need to turn the machine off because it's obviously going to leak some sort of weird uh, chemical uh, all over the city. It's going to wreck the environment. So Egon says that turning the machine off would be a terrible mistake. Resulting in an ordeal of released psychotic, psych, psychokinetic energy, and he shows the Twinkie situation. He says, if this Twinkie represents the average psychokinetic energy, then this morning's sample would be a Twinkie about thirty-five feet long, weighing approximately six hundred pounds.
0: And now I want
2: a Twinkie. Oh, I was figuring somebody would say that's a big Twinkie. Tell him,
3: tell him <laughs> about the Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So uh, it goes to trial, and the Ghostbusters lose their case, and they go to prison. Because as Walter Peck says, ghosts aren't real. But after some time, uh, the appearances of ghosts begins picking up steam, even with the Ghostbusters locked way behind a uh, prison cell. <clears throat> Boy, this is getting tough. Walter is noticing more and more that ghosts are showing up in random locations, and with no one to stop them, they will take over the city. But he doesn't believe in ghosts. He's never believed in ghosts, but maybe the Ghostbusters were not the ones lying to the citizens citizens of New York to make a quick buck. So he's going to go on the trail and find out who exactly is causing all of this. One day, when walking to City Hall, complete. I can't believe I put this. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) One day, when walking to City Hall, completely devoid of male reproductive parts. Cause this man has no penis. He's, he sees a ghost in the alley behind the mayor's office. It's a, a big Italian looking man. Cause this is New York city and he's covered in spaghetti sauce and New York style pizza crust. <clears throat> he begins to freak out in the alley, but repeats his mantra: "His mantra. He repeats his mantra. Ghosts aren't real. He rushes the ghost and goes right through it. Scared even more. He tries to run and trip on trips on a power cable. Stretch the length of the alleyway. The Italian ghost flickers in the shade of the alley, and Peck follows the cable to a device hidden behind a dumpster in a box labeled Property of Columbia University, Paranormal Department. He knew it. You can do it. <laughs> you can fix it in post. Yeah, I guess I can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, impulse. I may I may reread this one in another That's recording fine. and edit it The Ghostbusters have been tricking people into seeing ghosts and paying them to get rid of them. He picked up the box, he ran to Mayor Lenny's office, and he found that it was a holographic projector designed by Egon and Ray. The trial here is very long and arduous, resulting in millions of dollars in legal fees for the city. But during, uh, or just, just before, just before the verdict is given, a ghost appears in the courtroom. A sure sign that the Ghostbusters are trying to make one last run for it. A last ditch effort to escape the constricting confines of incarceration. But something isn't right. The ghost is dressed in an ancient Japanese kabuki theater garments, a mask and all. <laughs> and Matthew Lillard's character, Winston, realizes the ghost is more decorated than all the others, almost as if the real architect of the scheme mag- is, is the scheme's magnum opus. He nudges Ray and says, zoinks, Ray, look at the back of the ghost figure. Ray notices the Japanese ward that looks like a long strip of paper with Japanese alphabetic character on it. The character is three wavy lines. That's no ghost or a hologram, Ray says. Winston rushes to the figure and pulls off the mask. Jinkies, it's young man Dickinson, the male student. (laughs) He says, I told you you guys were peeving me off, stands. I almost had your life in ruins, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you, Ghostbusters, and that pesky EPA inspector. <laughs> and that is the end of the, of the movie.
0: It's good. That's, that's a, you, you need to reread that, though, when you have a full voice. And then you yes. just keep all of our uh, jokes that we threw in there You know, as we were listening to it.
2: Yeah, I can definitely fix that in post.
0: You can. By the way, you oh, can, edit can this fix in that in. Yeah, you can. You can. You can edit this in for later. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> Thanks. All right, just put, it, just put it where it belongs later. So that's what yeah. she said. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Richardless here.
2: Oh, that ain't right.
0: Richard <laughs> Richardless oh, here. My. Is this true? This man has no Richard. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: I had to throw in that this uh, man has a like
1: It just just completely randomly throwing in, completely devoid of genitalia. <laughs> so, not
0: devoid a, of reproductive parts, I believe was the know, line. That was, that was that was a better story than what you were putting off. Come on now. Yeah, you're yeah. sitting there, you're trying to lower expectations, and you had a, you had a really good story there the whole time.
3: That's what he does. I feel That's like what I'm he but does an ant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? All right. For your title, the EPA's most wanted. I'm I'm giving you 50 big ones for that one. Oh, well, I appreciate um, that. Your your casting, I'm giving you 150 on that one. The fact that that you knew Scott Dickinson, giving you 20 for that, getting, giving you 20 for the Twinkie, devoid of reproductive parts, quite good. I'm 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 going to give you 100 for that one. Uh, and even though it was a mistake, I enjoyed the Monstro. Uh the fact that you had the Ghostbusters in jail, 10 for that. The constricting confines of incarceration, 20, 20 more for that. Old Three wavy lines, Dickinson, 50 for that one. And, and the fact you threw in Zoinks and Jinkies and and yeah, did did the whole the, the whole Scooby thing, that's another 50 for that. Giving you a grand total, 480 points. Woohoo! A very solid Woo. outing. But I want us to realize something, folks, because something has happened this evening that apparently has never happened before. The, the impossible has happened. the The impossible has happened. He who went first actually came in first. was last, oh wait.
0: he went first.
3: That's last. Oh wait. that's that's how it's supposed to be according to the good book. But, but evidently, that's how, it, that's how it usually has been. That's that's how it's usually been, but not tonight. Tonight, Jeremy Young. Has gone against the odds, and he has eked out a win—a very hard-fought win, I might add. Uh, Shane yeah, big, great nipping stories. at his heels. Michael Circle trying to lower expectations, coming out with a great story himself. These were three great Ghostbuster stories. Michael
1: Circle, injured. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain this writing oil. this story as he was listening to to ours. Yeah. I mean,
0: that, I think so too. But still, he yeah. was struggling with the with the voice issues as well. So it's just you know yes you know this working through the pain we appreciate that i think going was gonna good call stuff.
2: morgan freeman and have him mirror, have him read my mouth <laughs>
0: <laughs> or uh what is it the caliendo guy who does uh the voices there you know you what y'all yeah. bring up y'all bring up bring up a good point because mike circle
3: did read through the pain and for that that's 20 extra points we're giving him 500 even there you
2: go <laughs> that does make me feel better
3: that should make you feel better you know, what yeah. that goes to yeah, your you all-time point total. I'm sure they, someone's keeping track of that, right? Wait, we need to keep track of that. So we, wait, we're doing that? We should keep track of that. That's a good point. Why haven't we? Who knows?
2: But
0: I'll have it. Who, who wants with. to go back and do the map on that? It,
3: it'll, oh, man. Not me. Ah, You I'll can't it. see it right now, but I'm touching my nose. Nose goes. So.
2: Who didn't Annie? <laughs> any?
3: Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll
2: start my story off, okay. and say, all right, here we go. And then Morgan Freeman's voice will come out. <laughs> you get totally Morgan awesome. Freeman
3: to voice a friend, that might put you over the over I, the
0: top. I think <laughs> if you get Morgan Freeman to do it, uh he, yeah, he wins right there. Yeah, he wins. That's an automatic win.
2: Well, so, I get there, luck. and he uh, finds that I've whitewashed the cast. I don't think he's going to do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you did, in fact, whitewash. The cat. <laughs> you know,
3: it was uh, mine. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Well, my friends, they were all good stories, but in the end, there could be only one, and it was Duncan. Mc- I mean, Jeremy Young. Jeremy Young has won tonight's Yay. Once Upon a Recap. Uh,
0: Jeremy, do you have any wise words to share with, with everyone? I, I just. I just want to tell uh, everybody who's listening that that uh, this was this was so much fun. I mean, coming up with these stories, taking movies like this, this is uh, a and, and as much as I enjoyed my story, listening to these other two, that was that was great. I wish I wish Chris could have done one, even though he's the host. I, I would love to have heard what he came up with. But uh, you know, it, it, I I, pre- I appreciate the win, but I, I think if people need to tell their friends this show we're having so much fun making it and I'm hoping that people are having as much fun listening to it. And I hope their imaginations are, are just going and, and go back and listen to these stories. Cause there's probably so many little things people are really going to enjoy this. So thank you for the victory. And uh, it was, uh, appreciate the other guys stories. They were great.
3: Yes. I, I have to say everyone did a wonderful job. I, I also appreciated all the stories there. There was, there really was a lot in all of those stories. Um, all, all of them, all of the the little um, side comments and things, like Jeremy mentioned, that perhaps on one listening you wouldn't even catch them all. Um, good stuff, appreciated it very much. Um, well, fellas, I think we should wrap this one up. It's been a good one, and yes. so
2: thank you, Chris, for yes. a great movie idea. Great movie yes, idea. It, it,
3: you concur. can't go wrong with Ghostbusters. Can't go wrong with Ghostbusters. And and so on uh, on behalf of uh, my fellow podcasters. Shane and Jeremy, and Michael, I want to remind you all: uh, subscribe to our podcast first of all, so you won't miss any of these wonderful episodes that we have. I also want to remind everyone: if you see Nicholas Sparks, give him a good punch in the face. Um, he'll <laughs> he deserves it, and I think it'll help him out. Finally, I just want to say: if if you're picking up what we're putting down, put it back. It's not yours. That's very rude. Until <laughs> next time, we bid you all adieu.